Welcome to Freedom for Anyone Ministry Podcast. Here at FAM, we believe that no matter who you are, where you come from, or what you've done, freedom is waiting on you through the work of Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed by this week's message. It's got to let you go. I don't care how depressed you might feel. When the Spirit of the Lord come in, it's got to let you go. I don't care how worried you might have been. When the Spirit of the Lord come in, it's got to let you go. Somebody don't want to believe that, but it's the flat out truth. When the Spirit of the Lord comes in, it's got to let you go. It's got to. Because His anointing, the Bible says, it destroys the yoke. It don't just remove the yoke, it destroys the yoke. So it can never grab you again, never hold you again. I know these, I know these chairs are empty, I get that. Sister, I'm not worried about that though. I'm not worried about that though. Because I'm in the presence of the Almighty. Amen? I'm in the presence of the Almighty. Hallelujah. Is anybody else in the presence of the Almighty? Forget these chairs. Forget these chairs. Is anybody in the house? Is anybody in the house? In the presence of the Do I have anybody in the house? That's in the presence of the uh, When Jesus come in. I said when Jesus come in. Everything changes. Everything. Everything changes. I said everything changes. Lazarus got to get up when Jesus come in. The blind eyes have to be open when Jesus come in. it is when Jesus come in it's got to let you go I got a word for you this morning you ready I got a word for God's people this morning are you ready I believe that's the reason so many people are missing is because the enemy don't want them to hear this word but I got a word for you this morning I, I got a word it's time to rebuild amen somebody the word from the Lord to you is now is the time to rebuild what do you mean rebuild? Well, you, that means something was broken or damaged that used to be there. But I'm telling you, when the Lord come in, whatever was broken or damaged, the Lord can fix it back up again. Make it like it's brand new. Anybody in the rebuilding phase of your life? Anybody? I, you in the rebuilding phase of your life? Got a diagnosis? You got a, you're in the rebuilding phase of your life? Your finances? You in the rebuilding phase of your financial life you what about your marriage you in the rebuilding phase of your marriage huh what about your career you in the rebuilding phase of your career or maybe your spirit man your spirit man you're in the rebuilding phase of your spirit man i got a word for you i got a word for you when the lord come in when the lord come in why he's so excited why he's so excited huh because i got a praise on the inside of me and no circumstance can take my praise no situation can take my praise because it come from jesus and he does not change he said i am the lord and i change not so i i rejoice like paul said in my trouble uh, in my trouble i rejoice in tribulation also amen I rejoice in these infirmities. Amen. I rejoice in the problem. I rejoice in the rebuilding phase. Because I know Jesus is with me. How about you, Mama? So you're the Lord with you? 
Huh? Amen. Amen. The Puerto Rico and back. The Lord catch you. Amen. Come on, somebody. You may be seated. This morning, this morning, let me pray over the offering. And then we're going to get into the word. It's time to rebuild. All of you on Facebook, get with us this morning. Let me know you there. If God is talking to you, you in the rebuilding phase, let me know you out there. Amen. Let's pray over the offering. I'm going to pray over the offering as well as the word. Myself, really. And then we're going to get straight into this. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for every giver this morning. Thank you for every tithe, every offering. That was done with a pure and honest heart, Lord God. Regardless of the amount. Bless them, Lord God. Lord, the one that came this morning just to say hello and to, to give a free will offering, bless her. Bless her, Lord God. For the one that feels like they don't have anything left to give, but they came, they brought themselves. Bless them, Lord God. I pray over every financial home in this place, every financial situation, God, that you would move on them. Help them, Lord. Lift them up, Lord God. But more importantly, I pray that you would save, that you would deliver, you would transform by your power, by your spirit and your word, most of all. Anoint me today, God, to speak your truth and your truth alone. Take self out of it. Move me out of the way, God. I don't want to have anything to do with what you're about to say. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak, Holy Ghost. You said, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Speak, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray that what I say today, Lord, be remembered for years to come. Because your word is transformative, God. Your word has power. They are spirit and they are life. And I give you the glory for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus one last time. It is time to rebuild. Say that with me. It's time to rebuild. I want you to say it one more time. It's time, it's time to, rebuild. to rebuild. Do you believe that? Yes. Is that in your spirit like it's in mine? Yes. Is anybody rebuilding anything? Wave your hand to me. If you're rebuilding, I don't care if you're rebuilding your garage. If, you, if you're in the rebuilding phase or something, wave at me. Uh, yeah. Somebody laughing. What y'all building? <laughs> Somebody done broke something. They laughing. I was praying. I went to San Antonio. I was in San Antonio. Uh, my niece had her sweet 16, so we went and had a good time with my niece. And um, went to a, a hotel room, which you really got to do your research with these hotels, saints. Do, you, do your research, okay? Don't, don't just look at Google's reviews because they'll get you, all right? <laughs> That's a public service announcement. They'll get you. I thought I, I, thought I had the cream of the crop, but... I didn't. Anyway, so, so we went down there. We, we, we were uh, rejoicing with her, and, and uh, I got up that night because, quite honestly, the beds are too small for me to sleep in. They say they queen, but they really not. They're they, they a twin and a half. <laughs> a twin and one-fourth. They're not really a queen. I don't care what they say. Next time I'm taking a tape measure with me. 
uh, I'm big, but I ain't that big. I mean, anyway. And so uh, I laid in the bed, not sleeping. <laughs> and I had, I, was, I had a sermon that I had started working on the Monday of last week. And I, I was thinking about it, thinking about it. And uh, something happened. I don't want to go into detail, but when it happened, the Lord spoke to me again. And it's always funny when that happens, because it's just like, God, you gave me this sermon, but now you're speaking something else to me. And it's sometimes, y'all, it's just that God wants to put those things in different places at different times. And so anyway, God spoke to me this word. He said, it's time to rebuild. And as I began to pray about that, God began to show me different people. Show me different people. A lot of sisters, a lot of sisters are rebuilding. Uh, because they've had life-changing uh, events in their relationships, and so they're rebuilding. There's a lot of people trying to find work or going to different jobs, and they, they're rebuilding. There's a lot of people that are trying to get their health back together. I'm one of those people, and so you're rebuilding. You're rebuilding. And God spoke to me from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4. The definition of rebuild is to build something again after it has been damaged or destroyed. You could have had something that was good. You liked it. You had worked for it. Sacrificed for it. It was good. But something happens, something in your life, something in the world or whatever happens, and what you had gets damaged. It gets damaged or altogether gets destroyed. Maybe it's your confidence. I don't know. Maybe it's your, 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 your relationship with your spouse. Something happens, and what you have built gets wiped out. It was a structure, and now it's rubble. It's just rubble. In the book of Nehemiah, if you read Nehemiah, Nehemiah is coming on the tail end of two others. Zerubbabel, uh, I believe, is one. Um, and they have come back to an Ezra. Zerubbabel and Ezra. So Jeremiah prophesies that God's people are going to go into captivity under the Babylonian Empire. God's people are in captivity for 70 years, I believe. Here comes Zerubbabel bringing God's people back home. Then Ezra comes and Ezra institutes, if, a, if my theology is right, my, my biblical literacy is right, then Ezra comes behind him and he institutes righteousness again. The word of God. Doing the things of God. However, Nehemiah, the cupbearer, the cupbearer, gets word from his brother, gets word from his brother that, that Jerusalem, God's city, although his people are back, it is in ruins. It's in ruins because the enemy has come and destroyed it. And the Bible says that Nehemiah goes before the king sad. He goes before the king sad, sorrowful, because the things that he knew should have been standing have been wiped out. Have you ever been there? 
You ever been there when you hear a word, you get a text message or a phone call or whatever, a letter in the, uh, in the mailbox, and it really just, it just wipes out everything that you thought you knew. You knew it used to be there, and now it's not. So, so here's Nehemiah. The Bible says he, he, he talks to the king, Artaxerxes. Artaxerxes is in power, and he talks to him. And the king says, why are you before me sad? Because if the cupbearer was sad before the king, he could have got beheaded. Anyway, long story. So he says, why are you sad before me? Nehemiah says, how can I have joy when the things that I care about lie in ruins? That's the reason why a lot of people don't have joy anymore. Nehemiah still went to work before the king. You can still come to church and not have joy. Did you know that? Amen. You, you can walk through these doors every single Sunday. But because, because something has been damaged or destroyed, you have no joy. I've seen it with my own two eyes, so I know it can happen. I've experienced it myself, so I know it can happen. Doesn't mean you're not saved. Just means that something in your life has occurred that causes you to be sorrowful. People want to equate having a joyful attitude with righteousness, and they are not the same. Huh? To be sad and to be saved are not mutually exclusive. You can be saved and still feel sad every now and again. Is that true? Amen? Jesus was sad. Huh? Things that happened in his life made him sad. But anyway, the Bible says that he went before the king, and the king said, Why are you sad? He said, King, my, my, my city, the city of Jerusalem, my... My people, they've been destroyed. It's been destroyed. How can I have joy? How can I have joy when so much has gone wrong where I'm from? So the Bible says that the king grants him passage. He gets passage to go through the governors and the provinces and all that stuff. He gets wood to build up God's house and to build up the gate, the wall rather, and, and, and his own house. And the Bible says he makes it to where he's going. And this is where we start in verse 1. Uh, one chapter four. Now I'm going to do a little bit of reading this morning and I'm going to take my time. So bear with me. Okay. I'm going to take my time because the Lord wants to speak something to you and I am not going to rush him. Okay. I'm not going to rush him because you need to hear this. I need to hear this. Amen. So the Bible says in Nehemiah chap chapter four, starting at verse one, Nehemiah has gone back to rebuild. Sambalah was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall, he flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think that they can build the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think that they can make something of stones from the rubbish heap? And burned ones at that. Sambalah begins to make fun of. When you start to rebuild in your life. People are going to make fun of where you are. People are going to laugh at you. They're going to say all you bringing is this. This is all you got. You ain't got more than that. The Bible says that he began to mock them. And he didn't mock them alone. He went and got his friends. When people talk about you. They rarely talk about you to themselves. They usually talk about you to somebody else. Uh, and so he, he began to mock people. And so when you are starting to rebuild and you don't have much left from what you used to have, people are going to make fun of you. Somebody going to mock you. Verse 3. 
Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, that stone wall would collapse even if a fox walked on top of it. He said, that, that, wall, so, that wall so broke down. Yo, they, they, this is what they're saying about their life so broke down. They got so much drama in their life. They got so much stuff going on in their family. It, it wouldn't take nothing but a stiff breeze to blow them over. You know that's what they're saying. That's what the enemy is saying. And you, you hear that. You hear that. And they begin to speak it to you. See, listen, what he wants to do is discourage you from rebuilding. See, the whole point of Sambalai saying all this was to discourage the children of Israel from rebuilding the wall. Had nothing to do with their ability. Had nothing to do with what they were going to accomplish eventually. It all has something to do with the fact that he didn't want them to rebuild. When people start talking trash about you, it's not because they don't believe you can accomplish what you set out to do. It's because they are afraid of what you're going to end up with. And they want to discourage you from stepping out in what God told you to step out in. I'm preaching to somebody. That's okay. When, when you step out, when you decide to step out on God, there's going to be somebody that tries to discourage you. There's going to be some person. There's going to be some group. It might even be your own mind. Your own mind, your own mind will start to tell you, what you doing? Why are you wasting your time going to that church? <laughs> Why are you wasting your time, Keith? Can I talk about me? Amen, baby. Can I talk about me? Why are you wasting your time, Keith? This happened before. I've heard this before. But my, my trust is not in myself. Unless the Lord builds the house. We labor in vain that build. Listen, you got to get God back into your rebuilding process. You're trying to do it by yourself, and that's part of the problem. Get God back into your rebuilding process. So let me continue to read. Verse 4, this is what I mean. He says, then I prayed. What, what did he say? He said, then I prayed. When, when you begin to hear the attack of the enemy, when your mind starts to go wandering on why you can't do what God tells you to do, you're not supposed to go talking. He says, then I prayed. How many people are praying in here? Huh? How many people are really praying? Have you prayed? He said, then I prayed. Why do we use prayer as an emergency break glass scenario? Prayer, prayer is in, in the glass. We don't want to go to prayer until the last resort. And then, and then you talk to people and you say, well, we can always pray. Listen to me. Listen to me. You say that because you don't understand the power that's in prayer. Listen, listen. P prayer is not your last resort. Prayer is the nuclear weapon. Prayer, prayer you, don't, you don't wait for stuff to get bad. You start to talk to God first before you even start to rebuild. You, you go to God and say, God, how shall I pursue? We talked about that last. We talked about that. Shall I pursue? You. You, you begin to talk to God first. He says, when I heard the enemy attacking my effort, when I heard the enemy talking down on my effort, he said, I prayed. That's a lost art, y'all. It's a lost art. We, we're, we're too busy to pray sometimes. We're too busy because in this culture of ours, there are too many things grabbing at our attention. There's Facebook. Constantly grabbing at your attention. There's Instagram constantly grabbing at your attention. The TV, the bill, the, the phone, the cell phone, the, the text messages. There's all these things grabbing your attention. But you got to find yourself someplace quiet and talk to God. I remember when people used to pray in their closets. You know, I remember that. People would actually, actually and factually, and I was one of them. 
go get in a closet, shut the door, and pray. Y'all remember that? that that's, I don't know if many people do that anymore. It might call you crazy. I still do it, by the way, though. I still do it because I got a bunch of people that live with me. They call my family. They won't go nowhere. And so every time I wake up, they are there. And so I have to go to my closet. I go to my closet. My wife's not in there with me. And I'm talking to the Lord in my closet. My daughters are not in there with me. My daughter and my son are not in there with me. I'm talking to the Lord in my closet. It's just me and him, and I can tell him exactly how I feel. And I can ask him what I need to do. And he will give me strategy when I talk to him in my closet. Thank you, Lord. And some of us need to get back to our closet. He says, then I prayed, hear us, our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads. May they themselves become captives of a foreign land. Let me tell you why the enemy is mocking you when you start rebuilding. It's a distraction tactic. Listen, the enemy is trying to distract you with discouragement. Discouragement is a distraction tactic. It's trying to get you to take your eyes off of God and put them on the situation. Stop, stop, stop looking at everything else and focus on what God told you to do. It's a distraction to you. That's what it's all about. That's the reason why you keep hearing it over and over. It's because the enemy wants to distract you from what God has called you to do. Amen, somebody. Verse 5, he says, don't ignore their guilt. Don't blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. At last the wall was completed to half of its height around the entire city, for the people had a mind to work. The Bible says that after he prayed that the people got a mind to work. The people had a mind to work. The people is plural, right? A mind is singular, right? They were with one accord. All these people, all these people came together with one mind to do the will of God. Listen, y'all, this church, this church, this ain't going to last because of me. This ain't going to make it because of Pastor Keith. It's going to take me and Mr. Lee and Kenny back there taking pictures and Tino sitting there shaking his head and Bianca up here doing praise and worship and Sister Sylvia talking in the cafe and Sister Irene cleaning up even though you don't see it. It's going to take the visitors walking in and out. It's going to be all of us coming together with one mind to build this thing up together. I can't do this by myself and I'm not even going to try. I'm, I'm just a man. I ain't a stupid one at that. I'm pretty smart. You ask me. If you ask me, you ask, you ask me, I'm pretty smart. If you ask somebody else, you might get a different answer. But anyway, the Bible says that they had a mind to work. Verse 7, but when Sambalah and Tobiah the Arabes and the Ammonites and the Ashodites heard the work that was going on ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. Everybody's not going to be happy when you start to rebuild your life. Everybody's not going to be happy. Some folks ain't going to like it. And, and guess what, y'all? It's, it's liable to be people that's close to you. <laughs> people, 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 people not going to like it. 
Huh? Because you know why? The fact that you're rebuilding messes with what they're trying to do. When, when, you begin, when you begin to rebuild, it is going to encroach on the adversary's territory. They can't come in and out of your life like they want to. They can't do whatever they want to do. When you begin to build the wall up again of righteousness, of righteousness, it's going to make them mad because they can't have access like they once had it. They can't just step over into your territory and back out again. They can't walk through your front door and back out again. They can't just call you whenever they want to and hang up again. That because you are building up the wall around you, you're building up righteousness, it's going to make somebody upset. Somebody's going to be mad at you. When, you. when you tell them, no, I'm going to church instead of going this place or that place, it's going to make them mad and they're going to mock you. They're going to say, what you do? You go to church all week. What, why are you going there? What, they ain't even got nothing. Just, what you doing? What you doing? I don't know, this is just the face for people that talk trash. They all look like this. Uh, what you doing? Why you gotta go over there all week? Why you gotta, why you gotta, why you gotta? Because uh, I'm in the rebuilding phase. You stay over there and do whatever you wanna do. I'm rebuilding what God gave to me. I'm rebuilding what God gave to me. I will not give over to what the enemy wants to do in my life. I am not going to lay down. Listen, y'all, I'm, I'm off script now. I'm not going to lay down and let the enemy come and take what God has given to me. I am going to rebuild. I'm going to stand up again. I'm going to fight for everything that belongs to me. I'm going to fight with all my heart. With all of my might, with all my soul, I'm fighting for this. You're going to have to kill me, Satan. You, you're going to have to take me out. This is mine, and I'm not giving it up for nobody. But nobody, nobody, nobody. When I start to rebuild, it's it, it's dangerous now. When I start to rebuild, it's dangerous because I ain't stopping for nobody. I ain't stopping for nothing. There's no go back in me. We are not of those that draw back into perdition. We not like them, but we believe to the saving of the soul. Amen, somebody. We not like those that put their hand to the plow and walk back. Oh no, sir, no, ma'am. I put my hands to this. I meant it for the rest of my life. For the rest of my life, whatever it costs, it costs. Amen, somebody. Amen. To rebuild costs something. Rebuild, it costs you to rebuild. It costs you to. That's the reason why you pay house and home insurance. Just in case you want to know. You pay home insurance in case something happened. They have the money to help you rebuild. Amen? Amen. Just a little extra info for you there. Verse 8. They all, talking about the enemy made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us, watch this y'all, into confusion. The Bible says God is not the author of confusion. If there is confusion in your home, God didn't put it there. If there's confusion in this church, God didn't put it here. God is not the author of confusion. Listen, the enemy, the enemy wants to attack you. And one of the greatest weapons he has is confusion. Listen, in war, I've been talking a lot about war. I don't know why. But anyway, in war, one of the best things you can do is you can cut communication between those that you're fighting against. If you can cut communication, they cannot uh, plan and strategize to defeat you or to uh, uh, defend themselves. I'll say it again. When, when the enemy, amen, sister. When the enemy wants to keep you from defending yourself or keep you from advancing, he will block communication because co confusion is one of his greatest weapons. Yeah. Confusion. That's 
confusion. If you and your husband are not getting along, guess what y'all not doing? Building. If y'all, if y'all, if y'all, if, if you ain't, if we ain't, if we ain't talking, if we ain't communicating, we sure can't be building. See, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to distract you. He wants to keep you distracted with foolishness and, 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 and all these other things to keep you and your partners from being with one mind and one accord and building up again what God had given you to begin with. Amen. Because if we fighting, if we fighting, Joe, if we fighting each other, we ain't building together. And, and guess what? Our adversary don't even have to fight with us no more because we fighting against each other. It's the worst thing in the world that happens to you and it's one of the greatest weapons of the enemy. If the enemy can cut communication, what he can do is he can actually cause friendly fire. So, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Friendly fire. You, you begin to shoot and to bomb places where you have friends and allies. That's what happens with confusion. Amen? Y'all still with me? Yes, Amen. Amen. So the Bible says, then, watch this, y'all. Then the people of Judah began to complain. Uh-oh. The workers are getting tired, and there is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall ourselves. This is what I'm talking about. The enemy brings confusion, and now there's complaining. You see that? There was confusion brought in by the enemy. Now there is complaining inside the camp. Now stick with me. I know it's a lot, but you, this is going to help you, I promise. There's going to be confusion, then complaining. And listen to me, when you start complaining, the Bible says do all things without murmuring and complaining. It's going gonna, it's gonna to drag you down. It's going to demoralize your troops. If I got up here today and I begin to complain about all the different things that are wrong with this building, it would make you want to go home. This ain't fixed, and that ain't fixed, and this is broken, that's broken. We got to pay for that. And you'd be like, well, pastor, my God, is there any reason for us to keep coming? But what I can do is, no matter what's going on, I can tell you it's going to be all right. Amen. I'm telling you, it's going to be all right. I know you're tired, but it's going to be all right. I know you're weary. It's going to be all right. I know you feel faint, but it's going to be all right. With the Lord's help, it's going to be all right. I can tell you that, though. Huh? And you begin to encourage yourself in the Lord, like I talked about a couple weeks ago. Anyway, I'm going to keep trying to move. The babies are telling me it's time to move on. <laughs> Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down and kill them and their work. Look what the enemy said. Listen, he said, before they know it, we're going to bring in confusion while they're complaining. We're going to come in and we're going to kill them and their work. That's what the enemy seeks to do, y'all. When you're trying to rebuild, don't get distracted by stuff because the enemy wants to come in and kill not only you, but the work you're doing. See, the work, listen, the work will outlast you. But if the enemy can kill you, he can stop the work that will outlast you. See, the enemy wants me to fall. Let me tell you why the enemy wants me to fall. He don't just want me to fall because he wants my life. That's absolutely true. But he wants me to fall because he knows I founded this church. And he knows that if I fall, then the, the strong man's out of the way. And he can begin to pick people off that I brought into the ministry. And he can begin to discourage folks. This is not all about me, but the enemy does have a strategy. Yes, he, does. Amen. he can kill the work. 
He can kill the work. See, what I hope, my hope, my prayer is that when I'm long gone, there will be some other person, male or female, up here in my place doing what I'm doing. Hopefully a much better job. But the enemy wants to kill this work. He don't want to just take me out. He, he wants to kill the work. Because he knows that God is saving people through this work. God is healing marriages through this work. God is bringing family back together through this work. He's encouraging folks through this work. And he wants to do that in your life because he knows that you are doing the same wherever you are. Amen. Amen. I know it's slow, but I got to go through all this stuff because God told me to. Verse 12. The Jews who lived near the enemy camp came and told us they will come from all directions and attack. He says, so... I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed area. I stationed people to stand guard by their families, armed with swords and spears and bows. Verse 14. Then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. I'm going to say that to you this morning. Don't be afraid of the enemy. I'm going to say it again. Don't be afraid of your enemy. Fear not, fear not. That's in the word of God some 360 some odd times. Fear not. Somebody said there's one for every day of the year. I believe that that's true. God wants you not to fear. He doesn't want you to be afraid of anything. So he says, do not be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fights for you. He says, and fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. He says, don't be afraid. Fight for your brothers. Paul Michael, raise your hand. I'm fighting for him. Did you know that? that I'm fighting for him. Huh? JB, raise your hand. JB is fighting for Tino. That's the way it's supposed to be. Sister Irene, raise your hand. Sister Irene's fighting for Miss Joyce. That's the way it's supposed to be in the house of God. He said, You fight for your brothers. We're supposed to fight for each other, not with each other, but for each other. When you're building, you have to learn how to fight for one another, not against one another. Let all the petty stuff go. Fight for one another. Verse 15, he says, when our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, they ran away. Hmm? What is that? Verse 8, verse, excuse me, verse 12, verse 13, verse 14, excuse me. Then I looked over the situation. I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fights for, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Verse 15, when our enemies heard that, that we knew about their plans and God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. Verse 16, but from then on, only half the men worked while the other half stood guard with spears, shield, bows, coats of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the wall of Judah who were building the wall. The laborers carried on with their work with one hand, supporting their load and holding a weapon in the other. I want you to, to I'm going to read that one more time to make sure I said it clearly. Who were building the wall, the laborers carried on their work with one hand supporting their load and one hand holding a weapon. They got a hammer in one hand and they got a sword in the other. This is how you're going to move forward. You can't stop building to fight your enemy. 
and you can't stop fighting your enemy to rebuild. You're going to have to be a dual threat guy or girl. You're going to have to be able to build and move forward while holding the sword and fighting off your adversary at the same time. See, what happens is we get fatigued with rebuilding and we stop fighting. So then the enemy is able to come in and destroy what we were building all over again. Or we get fatigued with fighting our adversary and we stop building. So then the work doesn't get finished. Do you see what happens? You've you got to be able to do both. How do you do both, Pastor Keith, when you're tired? Sometimes we over, uh, we, we overcomplicate it. You don't have to do everything that I do. Just do what you can do. Just do what you can do. Maybe you're not making it to your prayer closet every day, but you can pray on your way to work. Everybody gets stuck behind somebody driving 20 and a 40. We all do. Everybody's driven there. Everybody's stuck behind that person at the green light who's text messaging. That's, that's your opportunity to pray. Don't, don't cuss them out. Pray. Pray. Take that opportunity to pray. So right there, you, you're, you're fighting your adversary while you're on your way to work. Verse 19. Excuse me. Verse 18. All the builders had a sword belted to their side. The trumpeteer stayed with me to sound the alarm. Then I explained to the nobles and officials and all the people, the work is very spread out. And we are widely separated from one another along the wall. When you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it's sounding. Then God will fight for us. I'm going to stop there for today. And I'm actually going to continue this next week. He said, listen, we all got lives going on. You got your problems and I got mine. I may not know what you're going through. And you may not know what I'm going through. But, the, but the, the strategy here was, he says, when you hear the clarion call, when you hear the trumpet, he said, everybody, stop what you're doing and let's come together. That's the reason why we come to the house of God. Somebody say, I don't have to go to church to be saved. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely correct. But that's, there's a, there comes a moment when we need to come together because maybe there are our brothers or sisters are fighting someone that they can't handle on, them, on their own. And they need you to come step in with them. And support them. So he says, wherever you are, wherever you are in your rebuilding process as an individual, there comes a point when you've got to come join the group so that we can build as a community. I know we got stuff going on. I really do. But that doesn't mean we stop doing the work of God. The church has to be rebuilt. Over the last 25 to 35 years, the church has become a, a place, a, a steady, it's seen a steady decline. Not only in attendance, but in the faith itself, in the, in the way we operate. And y'all, it's our job to start building this wall back up. Amen. We, we have to come together so that people will see Jesus through us. Yeah. Not just these buildings, but the work that we do one with another. Joining hand in hand and rebuilding the wall that was knocked down. I know you got personal stuff happening. Come to the house of God and let us pray with you. There's no reason why. Without, just, I, know it's, I know people are out, but just in this room, we got enough people to be praying for everybody that's missing. We got enough cars that nobody should need a ride. Amen? And there's enough money, glory to God, 
There's enough money in here that nobody should go hungry. Amen. Amen. Because you're fighting for your brother, your sister. Amen? Amen. We got a job to do, y'all. We got to rebuild this wall. If you read in the book of Nehemiah chapter 3, I'm almost done. Nehemiah chapter 3, just read it. It's a bunch of names. It's all names. If you read it, it's just a bunch of names. And you know what those names are? People who did portions of the wall. People who did portions of the wall. That's all it is. It doesn't talk about anything that they went through. It doesn't talk about anything they were doing other than rebuilding the wall. Just name after name after name after name after name. You would think that this is the book of Nehemiah, so it would start with Nehemiah, but it doesn't. Nehemiah doesn't come until about three-fourths of the way down. What are you trying to say? Just like me, Nehemiah was just one of the number. I'm just one of the people here working. Amen? I have a different role than you, but I just have a role like you. And I need each and every one of you to be there for one another and to build up the wall. Amen? We're trying to do something difficult. We're trying to do something difficult. Amen? If you look to your left, you look to your right, I promise you'll see somebody that don't look like you. Amen? You'll see somebody that don't look like you. Their hair is a little bit of a different texture than yours. I like that. I like that. Huh? They, they might speak a different language. Or they don't have any, Mr. Lee and JB. And soon to be me. The, the, the reason why doing something like this is so difficult is because it causes you to have to stretch beyond your comfort zone. It's easy to go to church with people that think like you, sing like you, dance like you, praise like you, preach like you, look like you, whatever. But it's difficult to go to church with people that don't look like you, don't vote like you, don't dance like you, don't sing like you. And you have to make up your mind to work with them. You got to make up your mind. It's a fight. You got to have a resolve in you that we're going to build this wall together. Come here, Mr. Lee. Can you come here for a second? You know why it's taking him a while? Mr. Lee's a little bit older than me. Just a little bit. Morning, he walked in, and he said, there go my wife, my beautiful wife. I said, all right now. I said, all right now, you still got it, Mr. Lee, you still got it. Now, you see this handsome man right here? See this man? He's handsome, okay? He almost got me. <laughs> almost. We're running neck and neck on that thing. This brother don't look like me. No. He don't look like me at all. You, you lived in California for a long time, didn't you? Too long, 67 years. 67 years in California. I was born and raised here in Temple, Texas. Huh? We've had disagreements about things, political things. But this is my brother. And I love this man. And I'm going to fight for this man. I'm going to be on his side, especially when it comes to the things of God. I don't care what he, how he voted. It's none of my business. This is my brother. I'm going to fight for him. That's, right. That's the only way this church is going to survive. Sister Irene, come here, please. Joe, you come here, with, you come here too, please. I know she's like, come on, pastor, for real. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing about being a pastor. I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to take advantage of the power. 
Look, look at my sisters over here. Come in close. Can I get close to you? Look at my sisters. They, see, look at look, they the same height. Bless God. Bless God. See, that, we don't look alike, do we? Huh? Come here, Bianca. Come here for a second. Stand on the other side of Joe. Come on, yeah. Come on the other side of Joe. Yeah, come on, right there. You see that? Look, look at Bianca. She look like Joe. Do she look like Mr. Lee? Do she look like me? A little bit. She looks a little more like me than Mr. Lee. Just a little bit. And if my hair grew, it might look a little bit more like hers than theirs. Huh? Back in the day, I got some pictures. I'll show you how. That thing was, that thing was working. We don't look nothing alike. Huh? But these are my brothers and sisters. And we're going to build this wall together. Yes, we are. Amen? We're going to fight for one another. Amen? When you don't see one of these people, pray for these people. When y'all don't see somebody else, pray for them. That's the only way we're going to make it, y'all. Amen. That's the only way this church is going to survive. Amen. Who's going to help me build this wall? Stand to your feet if you're going to help me build this wall. You may be seated. Stand to your feet. If you're going to help me, if you're going to help me build this wall, stand to your feet. Now, don't, don't, don't just do this because you're here. Don't lie in church now. It's okay if you take your seat. I have, I, have, I have nothing but love for you if you take your seat. You going to help me build this wall? Amen. Amen? Yes, I see hands over here. Now, what that means is, y'all, what that means is sometimes you're going to get offended. Do you hear me? Yes. Somebody going to say something, do something that offends you. Are you still going to help me build this wall? Yes, sir. Somebody not going to come through. You're going to get disappointed with me sometimes. Are you still going to help me build this wall? Yes, sir. And I'm going to help you build the wall in your life too. See, when you walk out of these doors, it don't end for me. You're not just here for my benefit. I care about what happens to you outside of these doors. So you call me. Amen. Something going on, you call me. Pastor Keith, pray for me. You come by if you need to come by. I'll come to your house if I need to come by. Joe, it's real easy for y'all. I'll just walk around the corner. Don't ever have an emergency because I'll be there before you finish the text message. <laughs> Pastor, we ding dong. We got to build this wall, y'all. The enemy wants to destroy what God is doing. And now, now there ain't nobody, listen, there's nothing that has happened. The Lord just spoke this to me, and I have to deal with it. Next week, we're going to get back into this. Amen? And we're going to go through the phases of rebuilding, because it don't happen overnight. When you start to rebuild, you can become overwhelmed. It's an overwhelming process when you look at everything that you have to do. You look at all the rope. The first thing, I wish my, my soup was here. If soup was here, he would tell you, and he does a great job, by the way. Yes, my soup is if you know him. Soup, I see you, brother. He does a great job. See, what he does is he clears stuff out. He'll tell you when somebody's wanting to rebuild, one of the first things they do is they got to rip down old stuff, get rid of old stuff, get things out of the way, and there can be piles and piles of stuff that'll overwhelm you if you let it. Yeah. So next week, we're going to talk about the stages of rebuilding. The first thing we do is what? Pray. This week, we're going to pray. This week, we're going to pray. What I'm going to do after service, I'm going to talk to y'all. Each of us are going to take a day. Yeah, yeah, we're about, we about to do this. 
Each of us going to take a day, and we're going to pray as a group. You ain't got to come up here, but we're going to get online. We're going to wear Facebook out. And all I want you to do is, if it's your day, pray. And then I want you to get on Facebook and say, praying for fam. Praying for Sister Irene. Praying for Tino. I, that's how every, every one of us, we're going to take one of the seven days, and we're going to pray for each other all week long. All week long. That way, that way, y'all, the reason I did it like that is because when I'm sleeping, maybe somebody else will be praying. Yeah. And, and maybe if you're going through something, your brother or your sister might be praying. We're going to do that all week long, okay? We're going to build these walls up so the enemy can't come back and forth like he wants to. We're going to make the devil mad. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to make the devil mad? I'm talking about he's going to be five cracker bad. He's going to be five cracker bad when we get finished. That's all I have for you this morning. I really want to go into a whole lot more, but these babies are telling me to shut up. <laughs> Listen, I don't, when I get up here to preach, it's not my intention to entertain anybody. Amen? That's not what I come to do. That's not my job. My job is to tell you what God has spoken to me. and I'm going to be faithful to that. This week, I promise you, you're going to see why God spoke this word to you. You're going to see. And you're gonna, some of y'all are going to call me and testify, Pastor, I told you. And I'm going to say, yeah, you're right. We've got to rebuild the church. Not, not this church only. The church. You tired of seeing the enemy ravage your family? You've got to build this wall. You tired of seeing the enemy take your health? Time to rebuild this wall. You tired of the enemy messing with you at work? You gotta rebuild this wall. Because as long as this wall is broken down, the enemy can come and go as he pleases. That's what a wall was all about, y'all. That's what it was all about. This morning, if anybody would like prayer, if you rebuild it, if you rebuild it, want me to pray with you come this morning and I'll pray with you just fan out across the front fan out across the front if you rebuild it